This is The Book of Life, a podcast that uncovers life lessons from Judaism's most important book, helping you power your day with purpose. Here is Ruchi Koval. Standing in a New Jersey amusement park in the longest security line ever wasn't exactly the place I thought I'd get sobering reminders about life. The line was long and disorganized, and there were a lot of school groups there that particular day. And because it was very hot, people were getting antsy. Kids started jumping the line. Adults got angry at them. Cursing and loud fighting ensued with threats. And there I was with three daughters and a niece, feeling unsafe and uncomfortable. I like to give the benefit of the doubt, so I'm going to say the park was probably understaffed and just doing their best. That line jumping happens every day and it couldn't be managed. And really, who feels like dealing with hundreds of hot, unruly teens in a long, sweaty line? Hint, not me. I was feeling scared and disempowered. There was little I could do, but then I thought of something I could do. I could make a difference with my words. So I turned to the teens behind me in line, the ones whose friends had tried to wheedle them into cutting the line, but who felt guilty and didn't and waited longer. And I said, guys, I want to commend you. I saw your friends cutting and you didn't. I know it was tempting, and I just want to say thank you, guys, for setting a good example. Have fun today. They blushed and smiled and said thanks, and I'll probably never see them again. But see, words matter. I can't fix the park, and I can't cure bad behavior, but you can bet I'm going to do everything I can to shine a light where possible. If those kids are going to remember our conversation, I will have brought a little more security into the world, my way. I can't change the way other people act, but I can use my words to bring in more light. Words matter a lot. Whoever said, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me, didn't understand much about human beings. Physical pain, if anything, often heals a lot faster than emotional pain. I'm sure we can all remember cutting words spoken to us years ago that we will never forget. And we can all likely remember a positive word, a well-placed compliment. In fact, the Torah provides 613 commandments for Jews to follow. Of those, only about half are practiced in contemporary times, since many of them deal with the temple and Israel and its service. Of the remaining 300 or so commandments, roughly 10% deal with how we should talk to and about one another. That's pretty telling. Among those guidelines are teachings about speaking honestly and respectfully, about being careful with words that could be hurtful to others, and about gossip or slander, about revealing people's private information, and about making things sound worse than they are, or exaggerating our own accomplishments. Words can build and break humans, families, businesses, and communities. In the Torah this week, we discuss the scenario of the person who is a chronic gossip. 
In biblical times, this person would break out in a skin rash, which would be diagnosed by the priest, and then, if malignant, would need to be quarantined outside the camp, kind of like a grown-up timeout, to think about what one has done wrong before they can rejoin the community. The Torah is telling us an important story about priorities in Judaism. When people think of Torah laws, they often think of kosher, Passover, or Shabbat. But the Torah is letting us know that treating others with dignity and respect is way up there with the other commandments. In fact, speech is so powerful that Judaism teaches we actually create reality with our speech. A Jewish wedding is celebrated with words. The officiant says the appropriate blessings, each person says their line of the script before the witnesses, and along with the chuppah, ring, and ketubah, the couple is married. Shabbat is welcomed with the words of Kabbalah Shabbat and Kiddush. We end Shabbat with the beautiful words of Havdalah, thanking God for creating a sacred space in the busyness of our lives. We use the words, I forgive you, to create healing and renewal. God himself created the world with only one tool, words. God said, let there be light, and there was light. What are some ways that we can leverage this enormous power to use our speech in positive ways to build up others and create more goodness in this world? I think one powerful way we can use our words is to let people know what they mean to us. I remember when my grandfather passed away five years ago. I loved him dearly, but it wasn't the kind of relationship where we comfortably traded I love yous all the time. As I sat near my mom, aunts, and uncles at the shiva, schmoozing with my cousins about how loved my Zadie was, I couldn't help but feel regret that I hadn't actually said those words to him more often. Why not? Because it was awkward? Isn't a little awkwardness worth it? When I was in high school in the 80s, there was a payphone near the entrance of our school. I was waiting by the phone one time to call someone, quarter in hand, while my friend finished her phone conversation with her mother. Bye, Ima, she said. I love you. I felt so startled by her words. Not that my family didn't all love each other and all, but we didn't casually trade those words. When I grow up, I thought, we are going to have an I love you kind of family. In the beginning, it was easy because the kids were babies, then toddlers, then adorable preschoolers. But as they transitioned to middle school and adolescence, it did become slightly more awkward. Remembering my friend on the payphone, though, I persevered. I wanted to have an I love you house, and darn it, we were going to have an I love you house. I kept at it, pushing through the slight discomfort. And now... I am happy to report, we do indeed have an I love you house. We try to use our words so no one ever has to wonder what they mean to us. There are so many times in marriages, for instance, where a spouse might say, but don't you know that I love you? Why would I work so hard, do all the laundry, provide your needs, cook your dinner, care for the kids if I didn't love you? But the truth is that words create reality. While actions often speak louder than words, the words themselves are also significant. 
people need to hear clearly and unequivocally that they are valued, noticed, appreciated, and loved. Those words need to be overtly spoken. Actions speak louder than words, but they aren't a substitute for words. And sometimes we can't fix what other people are going through or help solve their problems, like my encounter at the amusement park, but we can always use our words to express solidarity, to offer a compliment, to show that we care, to show that we're there. It's almost always better when another person is suffering to say something than to say nothing. That's a huge amount of power, and that's the power we all share. Let's use it as powerfully as we can. This is the Book of Life. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Momentum Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Join Rookie again next time for more meaning and inspiration from Judaism's most important book to power your day with purpose. You're listening to a Momentum Podcast. For unlimited inspiration, wisdom, and empowerment, visit MomentumUnlimited.org.